Welcome to Faith in Five. My name is Kelsey Jenny, and I am super excited to be here with you today. I have three dogs, yes, three massive golden doodles and this hair, so you have to know that my neighbors for sure talk about me. <laughs> um, I've actually been approached and questioned whether or not I was a dog walker because I have three massive golden doodles. But um, my, my second golden doodle, Milo, uh, is so sweet, but like in it to win it, has so much energy, he's crazy. Um, and he actually will, without thinking, ingest or inhale um, things that are white. So he loves like dryer sheets and snow. And when he was a puppy, he especially loved socks. Um, my oldest dog, Mason, never chewed anything, like was the best puppy ever. So when I got Milo, it was alarming that dogs would eat socks in general. And so one day I was folding laundry, Milo had a sock in his mouth. And if you have a dog, you know, they're kind of like, you know, super excited. And I was like, no, no, you're a bad dog. You're going to do a bad thing. You know, so chasing him around the house, but not wanting to get too excited. And I go to reach for the sock and he swallows it whole, which of course I was like, no you know and um for two days milo ate and played and had the time of his life all while a sock was living inside of him um, which of course i canceled everything i watched that dog like a hawk to see if he was going to throw it up and of course after almost 48 hours um in the middle of the night and if you have a dog it's a glorious sound glug 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 and uh you know i shot up out of a dead sleep and was like do it you know just like cheering him on um to throw up a sock which is so disgusting and without thinking i picked up the sock and was was like you did it i live in a condo at, or i lived in the condo at the time my neighbor gloria flips on the light she's like he threw up the sock didn't he and i was like you bet he did gloria you know and now whenever i fold laundry i always shut the door on milo's face i'm like you're a bad dog you did a bad thing <laughs> i don't know if you're anything like milo but I really feel like in a lot of ways you and I are. Now, not that we're ingesting or inhaling socks. I hope that that is not the case. But friends, we ingest and inhale whatever the world tells us is valuable. Whatever the person next to us tells us makes us more important or um, puffs us up, gives us more power. Friends, you and I inhale and ingest lies that we were never designed or created to root our life on. And yet it just becomes second nature. It's like the thing that everyone is doing. And so living counterculturally isn't even a question that we think about. Why wouldn't I ingest and inhale whatever the new and next thing is, whatever the best promotion, whatever the next relationship, whatever the highest form of attaining I can have. I want more. I need more. I want what I want. Um, is so often our language and I think really our thought process without even critically understanding what we're doing to our own hearts and minds and souls and to one another. I think in a lot of ways we're very similar to the disciples who followed the God of the universe in human form for three years and all the while wanted to know who had the power and where they could get puffed up and who Jesus loved more was actually a question that these knuckleheads asked him. Can you imagine that? Following the God of the universe for three years and at one point turning to him and being like, do you love me the most out of these 12 guys? I mean, so ridiculous. But yet they felt so cared for and celebrated and seen by the God of the universe, they also were comfortable asking the question. See, Jesus meets us in the deepest questions of our lives and doubts and chaos. Jesus meets us when we're inhaling and ingesting the lies of the world. Jesus does meet us because he sees us and he celebrates us because he declares us to be the best of the best of the very, very best that he's ever made. My question though is, I don't want to just inhale and ingest. So what does it look like to live radically different in the great reversal of living life like the God of the universe? I think it looks like sitting in the boat with like-minded people. See, these disciples, while they didn't have it all figured out and definitely were messy and chaotic and many doubted and 
even betrayed the God of the universe, still love an authentic relationship and truth was what was being offered to them in every moment. Jesus gets in a boat with them actually after feeding 4,000 people and he's talking about, he says, don't love the yeast of the Pharisees or that of Herod, which basically is him saying, don't love the world, love me. Love everything that I am and let me radically change your life. Don't even let an ounce of a love for the world filter in. And the disciples are in the boat and they discussed with one another, is it because we have no bread? Which is hilarious because Jesus just fed 4,000 people. And so they're in a boat and they hear Jesus say the word yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they're like, oh my gosh, I think he's really hungry. Like, I think he wants lunch. And so they all start discussing basically who forgot to bring the bread, who forgot to bring lunch because they only have one loaf. You're sitting in the boat with the God of the universe in human form who moments before fed 4,000 people. And yet the conversation that the disciples have is about what they lack, who forgot to bring the bread, who forgot lunch. So often my lens, friends, is not on the miracle and the miracle worker. My lens is on what's missing. I think in that way, I'm very similar to the disciples. And Jesus go on, goes on and he asks them these questions. He says, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And he says, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Almost saying to them, reminding them, this is who I am reminding them this is what I have to give to you more than you could ask or imagine. And he asks again, when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? And they answered seven. And he said, do you still not understand? Do you still not see? And yes is my answer. I don't understand and I don't see, but I want people in the boat that are going to remind me it is not about what is missing. Gosh, it is about the miracle and the miracle worker who is in the boat with us. See, offering Jesus the one loaf that the disciples brought with him, he is the only one that is able to take that one loaf and make an incredible banquet feast out of it. He is the only one to take one loaf and do more than they could ask or imagine. Do you go to Jesus, claim he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do, confident that even if it doesn't look the way that you and I think it should, that he is still working a miracle. It is never about what is missing. It is always about the God of the universe doing more than, he, than we could ask or imagine. Friends, he will pursue us like crazy, but he will not push us. And I think a key part to remembering, do you remember, do you understand, is really the people that are in the boat with us. Are the folks in your lives, are they reminding you of what's missing? Is that your lens? Or are they pointing you towards the miracle and the miracle worker?